Hello, and welcome to Wise Women Wednesdays. This is Jennifer Regular from Lighting the Path. I decided to start this show because there's so many wise women out there that have gone through so many different changes, initiations, I call them, a rite of passage into a rebirth in discovering more about who they are, embodying their truth. And it wasn't always easy. You know, Maya Angelou talks about in one of her quotes, how we see the butterfly, but we don't recognize all the changes that it's gone through to become the butterfly. And so every week, I'm going to feature a wise woman to share their story, their experience, their strength, and help you understand more about what makes you, you, and how you can expand on that. In one of my pivotal times, I'd say that's the most pivotal time in my life was actually the day I was born. You know, leaving the safe womb of my mother, I entered into this whole new world full of possibilities. And guess what? I cried. You probably did too. We all did. <laughs> there was a lot. We had a whole new world to explore. But for me, I was told that my mom had me very unexpectedly, um, not knowing that she was pregnant until even six months after the fact, um, when she went to her doctor, she thought she was going through menopause. She had me later in her life. She was in her 40s. By then, she already had three daughters who were already 14, 16, and 20. Sorry, no, it's 14, 18, and 20 um, when I was uh, about to be born. And of course, having three daughters, she hoped that I'd be a boy. And when I wasn't, it was a bit of a disappointment. And for me, it felt like I had been a huge disappointment to the family and needing to find my place in it to feel worthy of being there. And I spent so many, so much of my life um, trying so hard to just please her. And yet it never really did seem to really make her happy or proud. She didn't expect that. Like there was no pressure to be able to do that. It was just expectations and obligations and ideas I had in my head that this is what I needed to do to prove my worth, to prove that I deserve to be here, even though she was surprised, she didn't really plan for it, but somehow she ended up with me and I somehow wanted to make up for that. But after I realized that it was all in my head and, you know, really wasn't something, any kind of pressure that she put on me, it was all on myself, I started to live life more for me. I follow my purpose-driven dream to bring people into their most empowered way of being, just as I had found that for myself, you know, to be able to rise above societal expectations and authorities that try to show us how to live, try to teach us, you know, what's right and wrong, but don't always know what's right for us and in our own best interest. So we need to think about taking all that information and letting it filter through, you know, what's true for you, what brings you the greatest joy, that's what you need to follow, right? Um, we don't want to become dispirited, you know, where our spirits get crushed, and we go into these almost identity crises of not really knowing who we are, what our purpose is. And so that's kind of like what I want to do now, I want to be able to give people meaning and purpose in their lives and become more aligned with their greatest passions, you know, what, what drives you what motivates you. So no longer looking to the authority figures on clues of how to live right? I access a higher source of inspiration and guidance, and I learned to free my spirit to direct the life that I was meant to live. And that's really the message that I carry and bring to others is free your spirit to direct the life that you were meant to live. And this is the way that I was able to light the way through my fear 
my fog, my obligation, my guilt, my shame. And I went through university with the idea I was going to become a forensic psychologist. But then between my third and fourth year, my father passed away. And that was very, very difficult for me. Um, I was literally going around in circles on my bicycle on the university campus. Um, not really sure, you know, what to do, how to go on from that. And so I took some time off to recover and rethink and help out my mom. Um, she relied on my dad for a lot of things. She, she didn't even, wasn't sure even how to write a check. You know, um, she grew up in the 30s in South Africa, not much education, um, but became a wise woman in her own right. Um, just learning how to do that and went 15 years beyond my dad's death, even right, <laughs> being able to do it on her own. She only needed my help and my sister's help for a little while, um, you know, on and off through that time. But for the most part, she wanted to be on her own. She wanted to be self-sufficient and she found wise ways to do that. Um, so I went to school. I went back um, thinking I was going to be this forensic psychologist. But after my dad died, life never really felt the same anymore. You know, um, things shifted. And that's where I observe that um, with all the loss that I've experienced in my life, I had numerous uh, friends and family members that have passed away. And I noticed through grief, um, it's taken a different form each time there was that loss. But there's every time a sense of awakening that happens through that, you know, we're woken up to what's really important, right? What is, um, what is meaningful for our time on earth, right? How do we want to be able to live out this life? And so um, when I left university, again, I pivoted. I had so many different roles. I worked with a lot of different populations, you know, adult federal male offenders, uh, men in transition that were recovering from concurrent disorders, that's mental health and addictions, um, people with severe and persistent mental illness, women and children expecting domestic violence. In fact, one stage of my life, I was one of them. Residential programs for adults with autism and others that had acquired brain injuries, refugee claimants, soul support families, people in poverty, refugee claimants, and many agencies that just served people at risk. And each time, you know, I wanted to help. I wanted to um, bring people into their way of being, you know, into a more empowered way of being when they were so reliant on others to, to care for them, right? And um, each time, though, I reach these plateaus in the systems because they're constricting, they're restricted, they can only do so much, and I wanted to do so much more. And then more and more, I felt a calling, a calling to be, rather than relating role to role, to be able to connect with people soul to soul. And so I kept pivoting toward that. I wanted so much through all these roles to, for all those lost souls, you know, to free their spirit from all the constraints and to live a happy and fulfilling life. I mean, isn't that what we all want? And I want so much for each and every one of us to live well and prosper and realign with a higher path. Just adjusting my screen here, just bear with me. And I know it's a big dream. It's a big difference to make. And without knowing how to properly care for my own soul, because I was so focused on everyone else, I burned out. I did. I burned out. I've taken a couple of compassionate leaves from work when I was in the more conventional jobs. And I taught myself 
through the guidance of some very wise counselors, healers, elders, coaches, spiritual practitioners, and so on, how to feed my soul, to focus on what was most nourishing and productive for me, to be able to trust my intuition and tap into my inner knowing and my insight and then continue to walk in integrity, standing for what I believed in, and to really embody my truth. I wrote actually about compassion fatigue and how to cultivate resilience to minimize that. I turned it into an 18-page downloadable guide. I'll give you the link at the bottom of this video. You can download it. Uh, maybe it can help you too. And now, fast forward. <laughs> Several years later, um, I now guide visionaries with the steps to feel on purpose and aligned with their soul path. I've been gathering a tribe of way showers, healers, teachers, and visionaries to share your message and share your passion about what drives you to make a difference without burning out so that we can co-create a world that cultivates common humanity and thrive. So one way to do that was from this new show. So I'm starting it. Here it is. <laughs> Every Wednesday, I'll be featuring a female leader who will share their wisdom, their experience, and their inspiration to live life more fully and to support an integrated higher consciousness model of living. So I, I invite you to join me every week. Please subscribe. Um, I'll be here. You may get inspired. You might feel empowered to be able to express your true essence. So remember to subscribe and I will see you next week with Eva Karin. Eva, I have trouble pronouncing her name. She's from Sweden. Eva Karin Wallen. She's the queen of transformation at Awake Communication and we'll be talking to her next week. So please join us then. Bye. Thank you.